Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Let's do it on this Tuesday. Hi, Dell Shores. Hi, we got a lot. It feels like we're in Hawaii with the orchid and the shirt I'm wearing and you and your it, tank. Be like, it feels like you're in Hawaii and I want to be. Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> I I'm know a, it. Well, hi, hard. everybody. It's Whether you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook or on Periscope or on Twitter, hello. If you're listening back later on iTunes or Spotify, thank you. I did want to tell you we got a new iTunes review. <clears throat> it said, every episode I never fail to laugh and learn something. I appreciate their candor and humor. Thank you, JD756. Oh, I love that. I know it. Yo, it is helpful. Those rankings and reviews boost you up higher in the list and help people find us because we've settled at about like 40 later listeners. I realize it's because a lot of y'all watch live and like watching the videos, but you know, we're still trying to grow. We're growing. We're growing. And we got a big show. Decriminalizing yes, HIV, Jamie Lee Curtis, a cranky Christian music festival, Matt Damon, a league of their own, the demon twink, a gay sex robot, so much Olympics. And we can finally share our big Del Shores Foundation news. Yes. It's a big day. It's a big day in a big town here. It sure uh, is. But before we get to all that, how you doing? We've been doing stuff. Oh, we've been working. We've been working. We just came out of a Zoom meeting. We just we zoomed from a Zoom into this uh, live stream. Uh, uh -huh. I'm loving what we're doing. Uh, we we have announced it on social media, but not not completely. Uh, Uptown Players is doing the premiere. Finally, we get to do the premiere of the stage version of A Very Sorted Wedding, which opens September the 24th in Dallas, Texas. So many people I know are going to be there, including Emerson Collins, who has joined the cast this week. And uh, he's reprising his role from the movie playing the serial killer with no balls. Uh, I know. I'm very excited. And I'm going to assistant direct with Dell. It's very exciting for us. But I have to be honest, y'all. You know, we were auditioning the show. Remember last year, we told you at the beginning of the lockdown, we had just finished the auditions for the play of a very sort of wedding. We had, we had to fly home in lockdown. So this cast has been waiting over a year. They are brilliant Dallas actors. But I have not been going to the gym as regularly as I did leading up to that movie. So now I've got eight weeks to get as close as I can back to that photo of me with those tattoos. I'm hoping just shaving my head will make it look like it. Well, we do have a good lighting director. I know, be like sucking in. I, I, I just, I also can. Maybe it's just the tattoos will be bigger and cover up, cover up the lack of stomach definition. Yeah, we'll give you an extra sheet in the in the bedroom scene. Uh, be like, just a lot of, you know, how when you do that thing where you strategically place your arms. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, you know, fuck you because you don't do that, but I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't stand you for even talking about that you're being out of shape and watching, looking well, at your Instagram. I will say, not out of shape, but I, but it's not the same. Even at my uh, genetically gifted uh, thinness, you know, it, all it ever does, y'all, is the muscles just swell up a tiny bit more or sink back down. <laughs> That's it. Well, but but your brilliant talent is intact, so that will be amazing. And you're going to get to to perform with. Uh, 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 Paul J. Williams, which will yes. be famous, playing Brother Boy. Cassie Nova is going to reprise her role on stage. And uh, Cassie, such an Cassie. Yes, so, it's going to be very fun. And, and at the same time, so I'm loving the theater. You know, it's it's where I always feel like that I'm 
at most at home at and and then i'm writing a new play right now for uh the nsu students that i'm going to be teaching later on and so it's all it's all about the theater for me right now oh i love that and i wanted to share i didn't even tell you this story so it would be new and fresh um oh i have I, to listen i have to yeah, listen to pretend to listen okay. and by act and actually listen not like read the outline or look at text messages how's that so y'all also the people that watch the show can always see when one of us gets distracted because we're like uh-huh uh-huh and then you just see it like grip yesterday no not yesterday uh, y'all i still don't understand what day of the week anything is um, Sunday, Blake and I took the afternoon off and went to the gay beach here in Los Angeles. It's unofficial, y'all. There's a section of the Will Rogers Beach that historically has been a gay gathering place since like the 50s with closeted movie stars. And it's affectionately referred to as Ginger Rogers Beach. We're out there in our little half thongs with the homosexuals and friends and allies. And we're sitting and talking. And I love it. I've been really trying post-pandemic in group settings to present a welcoming energy in places where I might have once felt uncomfortable. And people really respond to that, been making friends with strangers. And this lovely woman walked up and she said, what is going on here? <laughs> and I, I was, I, I didn't, what, I don't know what you mean. And she said, you know, what is this? And pointed and people had a bunch of rainbow flags flying, a trans flag on a flagpole. And I said, oh, this is the sort of unofficial gay beach. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, you know, it's just always been known as a gathering place. And she said, wow, me and my wife moved here from Kazakhstan three years ago, and we haven't met a lot of people in our community. And I would love to bring her back here. And I, I said, yes, please do. You know, it's very busy anytime it's nice on the weekends. On the weekdays, there's still uh, people here. And it's just sort of known that this is a welcoming uh, stretch of beach. And she said, oh, you know, we didn't have anything like this and we moved here, you know, it's a very uh, Muslim country. And I said, I'm from Texas and Southern Baptists. You know, I'm familiar with some aspects of that. And she said, I know, I always, I always thought before I moved here that everywhere it was fine to be gay here. And I was like, I mean, we all have our different struggles, but not everywhere here. And she said, well, thank you so very much. We'll come back. And I watched her walk off and meet her wife who was a little further down the beach. And it was just such a lovely reminder. I've been going there forever. I, I used to go on my own when I lived at the commune and read there just as a place that was nice and relaxing. I bet visible gathering places for our community really do matter. And this place that sometimes I feel a little self-conscious next to the you know giant three hour a day workout gaze, that all she saw was this like lovely place we could all be together. And it was a reminder of how much that matters. I love that story. It, it, you know, it, it makes me laugh a little bit every time you say, well, you know, when I was at the commune, it makes you sound like you were in the Charles Manson cult or something. Oh, see, I prefer to think of it as like, I lived in like Idaho with a group of like hippies and you know, I've handled the rutabagas. Uh, yeah. It's a lot nicer than saying that once upon a time I lived for three and a half years in a house with 14 people and we shared one bathroom. You were, uh, it was the uh, your, your, your period where you were, doing compost. Yes, that's all right. I was at, I was in charge of the compost. And it's on my apocalypse theory. You know, after the apocalypse, those of us that wear glasses are just screwed, right? There'll be no more contacts, no more optometrists. When we break our one good set of glasses, we'll be stuck like in camp, like pulling turnips and carrots or doing something because we can't see anything. It's like that 
I don't know if you ever saw that episode of the twilight zone where that guy, that loner was just so excited because everybody was gone and dead and all he wanted to do is read. And then he dropped his glasses and he stepped on them. Yes. Like that little place in hell, you know, it's like, Oh, just going to read for eternity. And then you don't have your glasses. So anyway, it was just a lovely, uh, reinforcing reminder of like, you know, we're all of us that being visible where we are and what we do, you don't know who's watching and what that can mean to them. Yes. Reach out as, as the state, you know, I might, I was talking to my, my, my friend David who saw Mavis Staples the other day in Provincetown. And I was like, Oh my God, I used to be obsessed with the Staples singer, reach out and touch a hand, make a friend. If you can, I would I sing it, but I don't want to. <laughs> I would, but I don't want to. And then I also watched the new Jungle Cruise movie uh, with our friends Chris and Ashley the other night. You know, it's the first official Disney homosexual in a movie, um, The Brother. And I have to say, he does not say I'm gay, but it is a real scene where he talks about, spoiler alert, if you're really concerned about the plot of Jungle Cruise, stop listening for a minute. Uh, you know, I always want to give a warning. Um, but it is actually a very sweet scene. He's foppish and and whatnot. And then he talks to The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, about why he stands by his sister, Emily Blunt. Because uh, when he fell out of his third engagement to a woman, he realized his attractions lie elsewhere, I believe was the phrasing. And then, he, you know, The Rock sort of says what? And he says, it's very uh, important when she stood by me to be able to be who I am, I will stand by her forever. So it was, if you're a simpleton, you might miss it, but it was extravagantly clear and a weightier moment than I expected, even if quick. So I enjoyed that. Oh, well, I, I, I would say that I'm going to watch it, but I'm not. I will tell you, it is so silly fun. It is, is like it? an Indiana Jones movie. Well, it's that thing where like the action sequences, too many coincidental things happen in a row, but it's really fun. And you're like, a person would never like jump over that and catch that and whatever. But if you just go with it, it's like a simple Indiana Jones story. They're great. It's silly fun. It's a feel good. If you've got children or if you're just in the mood for a fun time, I recommend it. Well, I do watch them. I, I love to watch a good Disney movie movie with my daughter Rebecca she's all about the Disney as you know she shares that with Blake and yes exactly that's why you know we're in it <gasps> well should we share our big good news share. take it away Emerson tell us uh, you've been working so hard on this well all of us has y'all you know we try we launched last year the eponymous Del Shores Foundation after a group of us convinced Del that yes his life and career and work was worthy of an institution named after him um, and not a mental institution. That's, that's what I right. Would... Well, we're considering that as a as a secondary option. You know, mm -hmm. well, if we open a physical building, it might double as a commune for LGBTQ plus Southern writers, and also those of us that need mental health breaks. You know, me, I just bounce back and forth between the two. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that they're interchangeable. <laughs> I, I want I want a room named after one, one group to the other. Remember when we talked about John Rodder's name in bathrooms after himself? I want an Emerson Collins bathroom in both the Del Shores Mental Institution side and the Foundation side. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but what we have been working on for the last year and a half, we were prepping uh, to launch last year 
before the pandemic and of course stopped fundraising out of respect for how many people and institutions really, really needed that attention last year. But as the world is returning to figuring out how to function, uh, we have launched our first official program, which is the Dell Shores Foundation Writer Search. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, it is open specifically to LGBTQ plus Southern writers who live in the 15 Southern states. Our idea as a foundation group is that we want to focus specifically on unknown writers who are from the world Dell is from and who still live there, who are working there to build careers there and haven't had opportunities. So the writer search will give cash awards for screenwriting, playwriting, short film and web series. And then the bigger piece of that, the foundation will also offer grants to help those writers who win move to the next level. The first theater company that produces the winning play will get a $10,000 grant to their budget. So that writer's work gets onto the stage, $2,000 to the budget of the short film winner and the screenplay writers, we will fly them out to LA to meet with production companies. Because a big part of the challenge for writers is getting over the hump from I have a great script to getting it into the world. So submissions are now open. Check the Del Shores Foundation website for that. Uh, and all submissions are through filmfreeway.com and those writers can submit until December 31st. So if you don't have a script and have always wanted to write one, here's some incentive to do so. Get to cracking. Get to cracking. If you have a story to tell, tell your story. That's how I did it. I started with just a little bitty play called Cheatin' that I was in. And then I wrote a little play called Daddy's Dying, Who's Got the Will? And if it weren't for people like Rosemary and Newell Alexander and Sherry Landrum and Rex Knowles, these people that some of them you don't know, but who told me you're a really good writer. We're going to help you get your work produced. Yeah, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about this today because they told me that my stories were worthy of producing. And that's what we want to do with this. We want to show uh, artists, storytellers who, who cannot figure out how to get their work produced or to get their screenplay seen or their short film into a festival, we're going to help you out. So if you're good, you know, yeah. if you, 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 you know, you've got to write a good one. Yeah. And there's going to be a contest and then we're going to have an amazing event on the 22nd of August celebrating Southern Baptist Sissies, which is the piece that is most dear to my heart and I think connects me with Emerson more than any other piece because that's how I met Emerson. He was at Uptown Players playing the role of Benny and I saw his brilliance. He came to LA, did the revival, started producing with me, ultimately did the film. And we are gonna celebrate all of that journey that we did together with Sissies because Sissies turned 20 during the pandemic. It's now 21 years old. And oh, the cast. Do you have do you have the list of the cast? Yes, I do. Y'all, it's super exciting. Just like we did last year with the sorted live stream benefit, except y'all, this is not a reading. Southern Baptist Sissies would be a little depressing to read as a fundraiser. Spoiler alert. Um and so, but we are doing a reunion. We will have all of the members of the film cast making appearances to tell stories. Leslie Jordan, Dale Dickey, Ann Walker, Rosemary Newell Alexander, all of the sissies, Willem, Matthew, Luke. Joe Patrick Ward, um, and we're bringing in a bunch of fun people from the original play cast, original sissies, Bobby Stevenson, Michael Taylor Gray, Ted Detweiler and Scott Presley and Bobby, you know, from Sorted Lives, the series and Tommy Wolfel, who's on the board of the foundation. Debbie Holliday is gonna come sing, sing Dive, 
that we used on the film soundtrack. And of course, it would not be a sissy's anything without Levi Christ performing the theme song, A Stained Glass Window. So we are super excited. It will be a fun night for a great cause. Donations are open. All donations for the entire month of August to the foundation will be split 50% to those 25 nonprofit theaters that are just getting back to work. And the other 50% will go uh, to underwrite the Del Shores Foundation Writer Search. So you can start giving now. You can set your calendars. The link is already on the YouTube channel for the Del Shores Foundation. Uh, it will also stream live on Facebook. Five o'clock the 22nd, five o'clock Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. I uh, just put the YouTube link in the chat room. And we'll keep sharing lots more about it over the next three weeks because this is big, it's important. This is a way we feel like we can really use what we've accomplished in our industry and the world to pay it forward to other people and also celebrate Del's incredible work. And we're, we're not going to overwhelm you with everything, but there's so many ways that you can be involved in the Del Shores Foundation. We have an ambassador circle that Rosemary Alexander is heading up and adding to it on a weekly basis. Uh, and that really, really helps us. So, uh, so we'll be telling about all of this and showing some really amazing clips. We actually found clips from the original production and uh, in the GLAAD Award that we won, we found that, that that night. So we'll be sharing a lot of that. Yes. So stick around. All right. Well, what we do here on the show is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. We'll kick it off real quick with great news out of Illinois, where Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a bill decriminalizing HIV fully in Illinois. He said correctly of those old, horrifying, archaic laws. Criminalizing HIV doesn't decrease infection rates, but they do increase stigma. It's high time we treat HIV as we do other treatable, transmissible diseases. State Representative Carol Amons, the lead House sponsor, praised him for signing it, saying, not a single study throughout the country shows HIV criminalization has reduced HIV transmission in any jurisdiction where it exists. He also signed some other helpful bills allowing same-sex couples to receive fertility coverage. It also applies to women over 35, single people, and those who can't get pregnant due to medical conditions. So good things happen for us this week in Illinois. Yes. And then uh, in uh, very, very exciting news, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis recently shared that her second child is trans and that she will be officiating her wedding herself. She told AARP magazine, which I actually get, uh, that she and her husband, uh, Christopher Guest, watched in wonder and pride as our son became our daughter, Ruby. Ruby's now 25, works as a computer gaming editor, and she's engaged. She also announced last year that she is producing, directing, and starring in a movie called How We Sleep at Night, the Sarah Cunningham story. It's a film about a real-life, devout Christian mother who comes to terms with her son being gay. Uh, she said, I hope to do justice to her story and the story of so many marginalized people in the LGBTQ community. So yay, Jamie Lee for being loving and accepting and officiating her daughter's wedding. I know, I just love that so much. And then uh, how much, and, you know, her visibility and of course being an iconic actress um, I don't know why, but I have burned into my head that scene in True Lies with Arnold where she went to do the strip tease and had to rip the silly lace off her dress before she did it. It's just one of those memorable movie scenes from my youth. But you know, Emerson, I did ADR on that movie and I oh. still get residuals. That's amazing. 
Um, hold on. Something hilarious has happened in the chat. I want to share. Kathy shared, after being part of a very sordid wedding in Winnipeg, I am a Del Shores lover forever. Now, then we got into the discussion of a very sordid wedding, and Kathy said, were you in the movie, A Very Sordid Wedding? Yes, Kathy, in Winnipeg, I was doing the producing, and then in the movie, I was the one with the shaved head and the tattoos. I realize I'm a little... Um, Less typically homosexual in real life. Um, and so then we had the realization that that happened. Uh, which That's what I call a good actor, Kathy, uh, an actor who can literally disappear in a role and you don't see the role of, you don't see that character of Billy Joe. He was the one who picked up Brother Boy. He was the escaped uh, convict. So that was Emerson Collins. Um, and Michael Shane asked about the Del Shores Foundation writer search. Is Florida considered a Southern state? And y'all, I really didn't want it to be. But yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Most of the states who have a very high COVID rate right now will be eligible. <laughs> and Florida yes. is one of those. Um, or the official. They are Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, see Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. It's all on the website, all the rules, all the everything. But I thought that was amusing because, you know, I, I, I don't know if I told you, said this on the show or elsewhere, but you know, the reason Florida is so weird is that like billions and billions of years ago, 100 million years ago, it was on a different continent and it just got lumped off onto ours. <laughs> Did you know that? Who, Florida? Yes. Florida came from a whole other, like after Pangea, you know, the olden time when the plates were were all different. Florida, y'all, I saw a Twitter thread about it. Florida literally got lumped on the whole Gulf Coast. It was region. an attachment? Yes, it was an add-on. An afterthought. It was. That explains so much, doesn't it? Uh, I love Florida. I have to say, I know that it's so controversial, but I have so many amazing fans there who have, who have put some some money in my pockets when I perform in all those great cities. Yes. Oh, none of us. We y'all, we've talked often. Nobody is held, no group of people is held responsible for all the other people that happen to live within the random border we decided to name stuff. You are not responsible for the worst people who live where you live. We do not lump you into one big pile. We, just we do not paint with a broad brush except for comedic effect. By the way, back to Jamie Lee, I wanted, I wish I could get invited to that wedding because I have a feeling that Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy might be there and 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 uh, Parker Posey. Oh my God! I wonder if Parker Posey needs a plus one. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet her. Oh, you should just ask. She's available. Um, I know. I didn't for, I, I always forget that Jamie Lee Curtis is married to Christopher Guest, and I just their dinner parties just must be exquisite. It's you know what's really crazy about it though is she's never appeared in one of his films that I know of. You know, sometimes you keep the work love separate. So you can just support and cheer each other on. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're trolling along in our stories. This next one, okay, y'all. The largest they bill it as the largest Christian music festival anywhere in the world, and it started yesterday. It is the 40 days and 40 nights of gospel music. I'll look at that right there. It runs through September 10th and takes place at the Ark Encounter. You know where they have that Noah's full-size Ark in Williamstown, mm -hmm. Kentucky? The organizers are Answers in Genesis, a Christian fundamentalist group that runs the Creation Museum 
you should remember the story we did sometime last year about that woman who explained about when you look at skulls, the only reason we have noses is because of sin so that we could hold up glasses on our faces. That was her. Nothing to do with breathing. Nothing at all. Not at all. Well, AIG founder and preacher Ken Ham has been using the ark in his repeated attempts to reclaim the rainbow from our community. We want our rainbow back. He's literally one of your direct inspirations. Now, same time, Holt International is a private Christian adoption agency who's a major sponsor of the 40 Days and 40 Nights Festival. I want to know if they're bringing a rain machine, but I digress. Um, well, Ham shared that they found out that this Christian adoption agency had been going soft on the LGBTQ movement. He wrote a fiery blog post that on their website, they have information on whether or not they would accept same-sex couples in different jurisdictions. They have offices all over the world. He twice demanded that if they did not change their position on these matters, they could no longer have any sponsorship relationship. Y'all, Holt International took down the offending web pages, but that was not enough for Ham, who was ham-fisted and hogtied. He did not care, and he shot back. Surely the overriding factors has to be that, like the Apostle Peter and the other apostles in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than man. He thought they should fight it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Does that make sense? Basically, this Christian adoption agency has only said we will let gay people adopt from us if we really want to because of local non-discrimination laws. Right. We really want to. And this man is so fundamentalist and so bigoted that he break the law. That's right. right. You break the law for Jesus. That's right. Break it. Take it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And he wouldn't take their money for their festival. Well, I looked at the festival lift and the only list in 40 days of Christian music and speakers that I knew was that doctor, what's his face, Jim Jeffress from Dallas that we're always talking about being a Trumper from the First Baptist Church of Dallas. Oh, I did not know any other musical groups. Because I got to be honest, you know, if Michael W. Smith or Sandy Patty or Point of Grace or DC Talk was, I might, you know, put on a little hat so no one recognized me. They're not going. They're not going. I think Emerson, we, we might have to infiltrate the First Baptist Church of Dallas while we're there. We might just want to go over one day and, you know, just uh, do a latrail and say, that is not right. <laughs> That's ever stand up in the summer. We'd be good advertisement to sell tickets for a very sort of wedding. Say, uh-uh, y'all come over to our fake marriage at the Kalita Humphrey September 26th to October 3rd. But we shouldn't go in. We should just wait till the service is out and stand on the steps and pass out flyers. No, you should take the actresses that are playing Sissy and Latrell and say, all right, now, when they get ready to take the offering, y'all are going to stomp up and rehearse your lines on that pulpit. And if you can get through the scene before they drag us out of this church, you know you're ready to open in this Sister, play. do you have something to say? <laughs> I am not done. Grab your Bible, sissy. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was Paul, not Jesus. <laughs> just random, sporadic, like a very sort of wedding lines. 
screamed from the screamed from the pews of the First Baptist Church. I just want to know. Sometimes I think Emerson and I may amuse ourselves more than we're. Uh oh, we're removing other people too. Jerome just said ha ha ha. Jeremy just said ha 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 ha. Well, I think that Lee Ann brought them into the fold today. She said something about that we needed to say hello to Jeremy and Justin. She said, well, her hi, Jeremy, are new. so welcome, boys. All right. We need to talk about Matt Damon because this is a, a story that keeps <laughs> progressing today. Uh, Matt Damon's gotten in a little hot water. He uh, did an interview where he explained that his daughter convinced him to start, stop saying the word faggot uh, this year. He also said this year, this year. Uh, he also made a joke that included, he said, I made a joke months ago and I uh, got a treatise from my daughter. She left the table. I said, come on, that's a joke. I said, in the movie Stuck on You, she went to her room and wrote a very long, beautiful uh, treatise on how that word is dangerous. I said, I retired the F slur. I understood. Now, these are direct quotes that, that were posted in, uh, in, in this London newspaper that he supposedly did this interview. Well, today, he got just dragged on social media, just dragged. I mean, even Leslie Jordan made a little video or I saw on Instagram and it was like, really right now? You're just like your daughter's having to teach you this. And then he made a big statement as, as they all, you know, the backpedaling. And he said, he did. that's not what he said. He did. It's in variety. If you want to read the whole statement, it's long. It's one of those that I've just got to over explain this away. I am a ally of the LGBTQ community, and I believe that he is. But I think that he thought that this was uh, a good thing. And what we see is like, no, you shouldn't have been saying that. You shouldn't have been saying that. And um, so anyway, it's uh, it, it, it is. He's, it, read, go to Variety.com and read that statement. I find it hilarious. Like there's a level of A-list celebrity that you can reach where like, you don't engage with the rest of culture very often. You know, you live in your bubble, you have your family, you show up on your big expensive movie sets and you do interviews once every three years because he's gotten in trouble multiple times for interviews. He did that one a couple of years ago where he sort of said it might be better to stay in the closet yes. as a gay actor. Now, his point then was that Rupert Everett did not have the success he should have and him being out was a contributing, probably a contributing factor. He's probably right. But when you're a straight guy thinking out loud, like stay in the closet, that's probably better. It's like he does interviews thinking he and this person, this random person he just met today are just having a little chat because there was no part of his brain that said, I should not tell anybody that I sort of finally came around to saying you shouldn't call people a fag in the last few months because he, now, I, you know, he thought this is a delightful story about my daughter doing good work. Right. And she's engaged in the world and She's correcting me and the next generation is doing better. But like, sir, there is a way to tell that story that doesn't include, you know, like I finally stopped like being a Boston good old boy and calling people and, a fag. And, and, and this joke that my daughter found offensive. In the retelling of it in Variety, it's a completely different story. Completely. I mean, the publicist who crafted the retelling is masterful because the way they reframed like, no, what I meant was I had once upon a time used this kind of language and I was telling it to her and she got inspired. To, like, it doesn't quite make sense right. if you follow the logic, but it was sure a great effort at like, 
basically saying, no, 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 it was past tense. And the interviewer kind of got it wrong. And long. It was very long, long, long. This uh, now, I don't honestly think that Matt Damon's on the list of like big homophobic people. I think it's definitely representative of a certain kind of blue collar masculine community that has historically used that term as a generic insult for anybody being a little sissy. We all know where it comes from and what it's rooted in. Uh, but just to, to me, it was more representative of A-list disconnection from the wider culture conversation uh, than anything else. So. I almost called my friends, Kevin and Patrick, and said, you got to change your dog's name. You know, they have that that, that French bulldog named Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> Patrick has been, had a crush on Matt Damon for years. Oh, no. Poor Matt Damon is going to be running around the neighborhood thinking, oh, my God, what did I do? What did I do? I actually peed next to Matt Damon one time at the Grove. I was seeing Magnolia, this film Magnolia. <laughs> you know what I want to ask? I didn't. I did not. I did not. I could not. Also, can you imagine that? I, I would love to have seen Matt and Ben's text group, group text thread. You know, J-Lo, because she and Ben, ben back on, Benifer, back on. She said, you got to tell your friend. He's got to fix that. She said, I am an ally to this community. Text Matt. What is he doing over there? You know, Jen is on that yacht, Ben rubbing on her back going, you need to check your friend. Tell him. You think they still text on a regular basis? Matt and Ben? I bet they do. I mean, because they were friends like way before, you know, the fame. I feel like those are sort of the relationships you hang on to. You know. Anyway. Um, we've, reached anyway. Half, we've reached the halfway house of our show. And if you enjoy the news and nonsense that we bring you on a regular basis, uh, you are welcome uh, to send us a tip on Venmo. You can send that to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Thank you to Michael and Leanne who have already contributed today. It is not required, but you know, we work to bring you this show twice a week. We don't put it behind a Patreon paywall. So those of you who can support us in that way, we appreciate it. Those of you who can't, sharing the broadcast, telling your friends, getting people. I know, and John's already tipped, bouncing back and forth between Facebook and YouTube to find the best signal. And thank you, John, for subscribing to the Del Shores Foundation uh, YouTube. Y'all, I get email notifications on anything. It's like... It, <laughs> From everything, all of you right now subscribe to that YouTube and get the notice. I did it, and I, I mean, yeah, I'm going to be hosting it, and I still did it to get the notification. Yes, uh, subscribe, y'all, and y'all fo follow the Del Shores Foundation on Instagram. We just started. Let's get this, and, and on Twitter, and on Facebook, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do it right. We are going to make a difference. And over there, we have an incredible team. Allison Bergman is the new executive director this year of the Del Shores Foundation. And we have Tanya Judenay, who's working with her and us uh, to help support getting all of the material to you are. So yes, follow the foundation on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, all the places where you get your news. Uh, and we'll be sharing stuff there. And an amazing board, an amazing board. And Stuart Bell, who is always just helping us out. Yes. Oh, and thank you to Bradford who just tipped. Um, all right. We will do a big old stretch on the Olympics because y'all, I have said, and I, it is true, I love the Olympics so much. I, we've been doing all this stuff and I've been staying up till like four o'clock in the morning watching the Olympics by myself because I watch like evening TV with Blake that we both want to watch. And then I fast forward through like 16 hours of Olympics coverage because I am so, uh, it just brings my heart joy. Did you, are you watching any? 
I'm watching more yeah, like the highlights yeah, than, than, than uh, you know, I'm not, um, no, okay, no. Okay, there, there was, see, you could just say no and I could go on. Uh -huh. The, uh, there was an amazing thing that happened that's part of what I love about it. In the high jump this week, uh, these two competitors, they got, they got to the same height, they both cleared it, and then neither of them could clear the next height. And the officials said, we can do a jump off to determine a winner, and, or you can both win. And one of them asked, wait, we can both get gold? And he said, yes, it's possible. And they looked at each other and they competed with each other at the world level for years and years and years. And they both like nodded and they shook hands and like jumped into each other's arms and agreed to share the gold rather than seeing which one of them would win it in a jump off. And I thought that is the best of what this is. Bringing us, speaking across our cultural issues, our religious issues, our boundaries, our political issues and like uniting through like achievement and the artistic part of physical achievement and y'all i keep tearing up watching i like you know they do the little like 30 seconds where they tell you this is what this person did at the last olympics and what they've done the last three years and had three acl surgeries and i and after a 45 second cliff notes i am suddenly so obsessed with this woman running the 400 meter hurdles that i had never heard of one minute ago i am invested <laughs> i am like yes i want it I love that tie story. I know it just like made my heart sing. That's like when Barbara and uh, Barbara Streisand and Catherine Hepburn tied for that Oscar. Yes, it is exactly right that. Although <laughs> I feel like they probably were not as nice about it as this, these two gentlemen. They were. did not jump into our. I don't. I did not see Catherine Hepburn jumping into Barbara Streisand's arms. I know, and I find myself always rooting for like the country that's never won a medal in this event. You know, I was like, I'm rooting for the Armenian guy on the vault. I'm rooting for like the Italian guy in the hundred meters. Like, I, I find myself just like, oh, that person, yes, for them. And it was like, remember like, the 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 bobsled team that was like from some country that they, they didn't have snow, Jamaica, that they made a movie yes. about. Yes. <laughs> cool Runnings was the movie based on the Jamaican bobsleds. It was so event. great. I mean, you have, you couldn't help but root for these guys. Yes. All right. Well, I'll get to the stories. In quick fun, uh, specifically LGBTQ news, there was not one, but two different uh, coming out press conference moments uh, in the past week. The first was out of Poland. Katarzyna Zilman won a silver medal in the quadruple skulls. Full disclosure, no idea what that means. I'm picturing Scuttle from The Little Mermaid. Um, but she won the silver and told a Polish outlet, I called my girlfriend, I showed her the medal. She confessed that the last two weeks had been a big bundle of nerves for her. They all, that's huge, because remember how many different stories we've done about how dangerous Poland has been for our community with LGBT free zones, reelecting Duda who ran specifically focusing on being against LGBTQ people. She has been out, she said, but it's never been published in an outlet. But she said uh, she got a few messages from young girls practicing rowing. One of them opened up, described her difficult home situation, and confessed that I helped her a lot with my attitude. She said one such message is enough to completely forget about thousands of hate comments and disgusted faces. So that's on the left there. And on the right, Italian archer Lucilla Boari won bronze as the first Italian woman to ever win an archery medal. And afterward, doing a live stream on Facebook, she was surprised with a message from a Dutch archer who congratulated her saying, it's super, super, super amazing and I'm super proud of you. She teared up and said, that's my girlfriend. 
She told World Archery, I made history today. Like Carpe Diem, I've been dreaming about this moment a lot. And if I can be honest, that dream just came true. I'm the happiest girl. Both of them using their press conferences and wanting to thank the people they love and that being how they came out on the world stage and to their communities back home. Beautiful. I love it. My heart is warm right now. I'm not kidding. I'm like, it's like three o'clock in the morning and I'm watching this stuff, like crying by myself. You have gotten much more sensitive during the pandemic, Emerson. I've always been sensitive. I just don't usually talk about it and don't have time for nonsense. There you go. Uh, is this my story? It sure is. I thought you had the Tom Daly knitting story. First, you have the fiancé opponents. Oh, I just skipped right over that. I'm, uh -huh. I'm a terrible, terrible co-host. Well... Uh, Amanda, yes, I, I mean, I, I, I read it though. So I got Amanda uh, Chittister is an American softball player, probably mispronounced her last name, who competed at the Olympics and her, her fiance, Anissa Ortiz, now I, Ortiz, Ortiz, played softball for Mexico. They came face to face on the field. I love this story because they played against each other. Uh, girlfriends playing against each other. Uh, Chidester posted before the games on Instagram saying that we were both excited because they're fierce competitors. But then she posted, we are going full out on the field, giving it all we have. We are beyond proud of each other for living out our dreams and loving every second of getting to experience this together. But she said that their life together has its own identity. And while we do step on the field as opponents, we step off as fiancés. Uh, Ortiz responded to the post with a yellow heart emoji and then the U.S. beat Mexico two to one. I mean, two to zero, yeah. uh, two to zero, and went on to win the silver medal. There are two other out players for Team USA, Ali Carta and Hallie uh, McLeany. McLeany. I love that. I love that they were good sports about it. But you know, once in a while when they get in a fight, she's going to be like, but I want a medal and you didn't. Or <laughs> she's holding it. Or, Just oh, they're making love. And then... She take and then it's hanging around. Oh, you did not have to do that. <laughs> it's hanging between. What them. I would do is the other one. If we get in a fight, I'd take that medal and throw it on the ground. Yes. And relatedly, you know, sweetheart, years and years and years. Uh, Tom Daly has been uh, showing up after winning his gold medal in synchro swimming with Maddie Lee at the other diving events and knitting. And of course, you know, because he's hot and been a fan for years and years and years, the internet blew up. Um, and he said, knitting has become my way of finding calm, mindfulness, and relieve stress. I love it. Y'all, he also made a video that you can see on his specific knitting Instagram. You're welcome. He has an entire Instagram with 650,000 followers devoted to his knitting. Uh, he posted a video of a little cozy that he made the morning after he won the gold medal to keep it in so it wouldn't get scratched. On one side is the Union Jack and on the other side is the Japanese, there it is right there, is the Japanese flag. Uh, but look, he's, it is not casual. He knits like for real. I know we did this story last year uh, in October when he crocheted a Speedo for himself and took photos in it um, because that was memorable uh, for me personally. Uh, there it is again, one more time. But like, 
up in the stands just knitting. We did discover that the the purple jumper he was working on is for a French bulldog on Instagram that has a million followers. If you want to feel bad about yourself today, <laughs> I'm just you know I just got up to fourteen thousand five hundred. I'm just so happy. Uh, well, in more more Olympic news, uh, that Team USA's Raven Saunders won the silver in the shot put. Uh, that just makes my shoulder hurt so bad. After the medal ceremony, she put her hands in the air in an exformation. Uh, afterwards, she explained it's the intersection of where all people who are oppressed meet. Shout out to all my black people. Shout out to all my LGBTQ community. Shout out to all my people dealing with mental health. She's openly gay. She's from South Carolina and said, I feel amazing because I know I'm going to inspire so many others uh, about to inspire so many young girls, so many young boys, so many LGBTQ people, people who have battled suicide. So many people would have almost given up. It's not, it's not just about me. I just love how selfless and beautiful is that. I loved it so much. I watched the coverage because I've been watching everything. And one, her statement, the choice to make a demonstration and to use the X for the intersection and I watched, and NBC, props to them, they showed several different versions of this interview where she talked about it being for Black people, for LGBTQ people, for people struggling with mental health issues. They showed her right afterwards in the stands in another interview. And then when they finished one of the segments in studio, they repeated what she said about it. So they really featured this moment that she chose to use her platform in this way to talk about all the communities she exists in and lifting them up. So I'll, obviously a huge celebration of her and this achievement for her and her choice here, but also that NBC really made the moment of it with her. You know, it wasn't like, oh, and this little thing happened. So it was awesome. Nice. I loved it. Me too. Okay, y'all. Some nonsense went down this weekend, and sometimes things happen that are literally just internet. Like you have to spend too much time on the internet to know that they happen. But I, oh, wait, hold on. It's really important. I can't, the whole story doesn't work if I don't uh, put up the, the tweet first because it all starts from here. Now, if you are not deep in the world of like gay Twitter, you might have seen Roy Savon young out pop star himself tweet the tweet literally so what if i got my ass ate on a boat in new york sue me see that tweet from troy savon and his to his millions of followers and go what is happening did troy savon just get his ass eaten on a boat and feel the need to tell the world no here's where that came from uh ty sunderland is a big new york dj and producer and over the weekend, he produced and DJed a big party on what they called the Gay Flower. It's the Britney Boat Party in New York City, well attended by the New York City Gay Glitterati. The morning after, he tweeted, there was a demon twink on Britney Boat last night. Threw a drink at the DJ equipment, wouldn't get off the stage unless I stopped the music, then the party ended, and he's somehow in VIP getting his ass ate, like out in the open. We had to literally tell him to stop and go home. Well, lots of the gay internet glitterati confirmed the story, including the ass eating. And Sunderland said he wouldn't have tweeted it if the guy didn't screw up his equipment. And then he put up a screenshot of the demon tweet, pasty at night with like the red eyes from the iPhone flash and the internet had a field day. 
other party goers realized they had footage of the demon twink on their stories. One said, oh my gosh, I sold that guy our extra ticket. That's how he was on the boat. And they found him early in the evening dancing by himself. And as the internet's prone to do, uh, people went wild with it and began pitching it as a film or a series based on the night. Many claiming Ryan Murphy had already bought the rights. And someone said that Troy Sidbon would obviously play the demon twink. Troy saw it. That led to his ass-eating tweet. Matt Ford is a great model and actor and video producer and made a full-long minute trailer featuring clips of Troy Sivan's music videos and Titanic and like the Netflix logo as if it were a trailer for Demon Twink the series. Leading to Ty on Sunday morning tweeting, okay, it's Monday, no more Demon Twink discourse. Let him have his anonymity. I don't want to know. I just hope he never throws drinks at a DJ again. Um, you know what? For me, I didn't even know who Troy uh, uh, is. It S Sivan? Troy Savon. Savon. I didn't know who he was. And I started. Go I, I went down a little rabbit hole today. He's very talented. Yes. He's really good. Absolutely. Singer. I like. We talked about talented. his Bloom 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 video on this very show I when he made that video about butt sex. I remember that now, but I, I I didn't put it together when I read this story, and then I went and started anyway. No YouTube channel. He's great. I know he is great, but it is funny when it makes it outside of like gay Twitter into wider things. But it was just everyone had a field day, and I was just laughing and think if you talk to someone in real life about the Demon Twink saga, they would look at you like they had no idea what was happening, and it was very amusing. Well, we so, have <laughs> maybe somebody is pitching the Demon Twink series as we speak. Yeah, and sell it, sell it. Go ahead, sell it. Yeah. Um, the, the, this is uh, this story is where fast food and Christianity collide. Uh -huh, uh, it is. The second vote is a Christian consumer organization that claims to be the conservative watchdog for corporate activism. And they're mad, y'all. They're mad at McDonald's and they're mad at Burger King because they have perfect ratings from the HRC Corporate Equality Index. <clears throat> They published a company contrast approving Wendy's for Christian consumers, but they rejected McDonald's and Burger King. They rank companies on a scale from one for liberal to five for conservative. Wendy's gets a 3.33 in the neutral range. Burger King has a 2.67. I don't think that's so far from Wendy's. Not and really. McDonald's. Ooh, though, McDonald's has a 1.33. Woo, they're mad about that. Wendy's gets a bump for donating to Catholic charities and uh, other Christian organizations. And they denounce Burger King, but say that McDonald's is far worse with various donations and sponsorships with leftist organizations on their record. Both should be avoided whenever possible. It made me think that we need to reach out to McDonald's and Burger King and ask them to donate to the Dell Shores Foundation. Oh, yes. I also love the delusion of thinking that your little adorable second vote organization is going to have an impact on McDonald's sales. Just, they're I, mad. I yo. love that they go to the HRC. Where we go to HRC to that list to see what companies we should uh, embrace, they go and they go, oh, 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 they got uh, No, I'm not shopping at Target. They've got to go. It's kind of like, though, the way we use the Southern Poverty Law Center hate group list. They go to the HRC index, you know, it's like, it's the opposite, but the same thing of like, the higher you are on that list, the more we don't like you. But I want to know the math. Like you're just talking about fast food restaurants, but 
this is a lot of math, a lot of too many categories to get like, to these numbers. How do you, you know, they gave to, you know, whatever. It's, it's like me trying to decipher the Olympics judging on like, you know, there's a difficulty score, then a, then a, 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 an execution score. And then I just use the little green, yellow and red signs to know whether they did good or bad. That's what they need. Olympics, uh, I mean, McDonald's, red. Burger King, yellow. Chick-fil-A, green, 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 you know. Green for them. Go, go, go. Uh -huh. For them. Uh-huh. Bless them. Well. Um, all right. Just a fun. This is fun to me because I love this movie so much. Have y'all heard? They are making a TV series out of the movie A League of Their Own. Uh, and Rosie O'Donnell was on the Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino podcast and confirmed that she will be making a cameo Yay. as a different character. She's going to play a bartender at a local gay bar. They have also said, spoiler alert, it will include gay characters. That's from uh, Abby Jacobson of Broad City will be playing the lead and is creating it. And our friend Del Dickey is listed on IMDb. She will be in it somewhere as well. She's doing all episodes actually for the first season. Um, I love that movie so much. In fact, it's funny that this happened. I was having this conversation with someone else the other day. To me, it's so campy, like queer feeling anyway for the like uh, subversive nature of these women playing baseball. Marla Hooch is an icon. I mean, I quote lines from that movie on a regular basis. It's one of my three favorite Madonna vehicles you know, all time. When I read this movie, uh, this, this uh, uh, article, I wondered if Rosie reached out to them because, you know, that's how she got on Queers Folk. She loved Queers Folk and she wrote us and she said, I want to be on your show. This was the other way around. Abby knows her and called her and said, Ro, do you want to do this? And she said, honey, whatever. And then she read the pilot script and said it was really just beautiful. And so she's excited to do it. Yeah, good for her. I love Rosie. It's I, I, my, all three, my three favorite Madonna things are not music. They're all movies. Abita, Dick Tracy, and A League of Their Own. My three favorite Madonna things of all time. There you go. When she's sitting in the back of that bus teaching that girl to read by reading like softcore porn. M -m 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 Milky, white breast. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. Oh my God, it's so great. So, well, finally, on the, a story that someone today on Instagram said, I'm watching your show just to hear about the gay robot sex doll. Yes. Uh, yes, there is an adult company called Real Doll, and they unveiled the prototype for Henry, a sex ro robot. It deems the boyfriend of the future. He's a life size sex doll, adult companion. And they aim, and he's really kind of handsome. Look at him. He's got a great body. They also aim to get him into the LGBT market. Uh, Henry comes equipped with artificial intelligence. And when he gets, when he gets to market, he will be able to carry on conversations, have orgasms, uh, develop personalities, and of course have sex with his own, uh, with his owner. Uh, Henry comes with a full functioning bionic penis. I want to know how big it is. Uh, enough to lift trucks. Okay, pause for a second. Does that sound dangerous to you? Because it, it does to really, me. It's scary. It's scary. I don't you know. Your people already crazy. have those sort of machines that can do that for you. But if his, if you order one and his penis is bionic and could lift a truck, I mean, he could fling you across the room. Does it start soft and grow, or is it hard all the time? 
the thrusting alone could be dangerous. I mean, can you imagine you're like laying and you start the insertion and then it just flings you into the ceiling? But uh, here's what's kind of fun about Henry is he has a he has a switch and you can you can switch to what se sexual preference he, he likes. So he he gets to, you know, just a switch, just a switch. Uh, so they're going to do this for the female platform as well, ladies. Uh, uh, or and men who the one straight man that watches our show. Uh, so real doll currently prices its erotic companions. Are you ready? How much y'all think it is? Six thousand to seven thousand dollars each, but that does not figure in the energy cost to keep them primed and erect. I oh no, I didn't say that. It said and ready for action. The same thing, erect. I watch a lot of sci-fi type shows. And like, is he going to have like a USB port? Like Henry could be standing here off screen and plugged in charging for our post-show activities. I have questions. And, you know, is Henry going to be versatile? Like, does he have a bionic sphincter as well? Where you know. can the grip, you know, strength? Like, do you chain order the size you want? Do they attach you have to say, breathe, Henry, breathe. Well, they should do a partnership with the candy bar, oh, Henry, for the launch. I don't know. No. Oh, Henry's always looked like a piece of shit where you ate corn to me. Not a piece of shit where you ate corn. <laughs> Sorry. But also, you know, with oh Henry, you don't have to worry if you're always ready or ready to go or not, because he can't complain. <laughs> like, but also the, oh. like you order with a personality. What are if you what if you order like a straight one and then you like try to convince it? You know, or like this personality, I just have questions. Well, or what if you are, um, you know, okay, scenario. What if you uh, have Henry as, a, you know, part of a husband and wife wants a little fun and, uh, you know, it's it's for him to, to have Henry, you know, uh, please his wife. And then suddenly in the, in the activity, the switch gets turned. And then Henry just turns and just starts fucking the, the husband. And he can't, I mean- it it's not a flip it's on the back of his wrong. head. I'm saying things could go wrong. It's not a switch on the back of his head. You preset when you order. It seems like the best combination would be to order a bisexual or pansexual versatile Henry to give yourself the widest range of choices. And we got a lot of comedians here in the chat room. Uh, John Martin said, I want Henry the eighth. Rain said, I want, I will, I'll wait for Henry the fifth. Is that the fifth generation or a five inch? You know, not everybody wants a big old challenging uh, bionic penis to work with all the time. So, uh, some, someone also off topic ask about you. Will Emerson be acting in Sorted Wedding here in Dallas? Yes, he will. He will be on stage and he's helping me direct. So, uh, yeah, get your tickets, uptownplayers.org. I sure will. So, that ends that story. If y'all enjoy what we do here on the Dell and Emerson show, uh, it is, I, I love that. Like when I'm trying to be funny and you get bored, you move on. I was plugging you. I know you were. I was scared we were going to run out of time. Yeah. I love it. I love the promo. We've shared a lot of great information today and y'all, that is why we do this. We love it. We enjoy you. Uh, you know, y'all, I just once in a while, I actually get a little self-conscious about promoting my own personal work. Oh, you should. We, and we have, uh, great things coming up. Thank you for those who tip. Again, that's on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Colin Shores Productions at gmail.com. Uh, you can send those to us there. Please share the show. 
tell your friends you enjoy it. All things Del Shores Foundation, the Sissy's live stream on the 22nd, the writer search, you can find all of that at delshoresfoundation.org. Yes. And Friday. Yes. And on Friday, we're going to be early. So set your reminder, we will be at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. If that's too early for you working, don't worry. You can always watch the replay. But my my home studio is not available. So we're going to do a little early on Friday. But the reminder in our e-blast and the reminders on my YouTube and on Facebook will say that. So you'll get your notification. Well, we will see you tonight at 2.30 a different time. And what a fun day it was for us here. We will see y'all very soon. Hello, Melody Purdy. And uh, we love you guys. We will see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye.